Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. I saw a tambourine back there. Amen. Amen. Before you have a seat, turn around and greet your neighbor. Go out of your way. Shake somebody's hand. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Like Pastor Sandoval said, if you're visiting us for the first time, we want to welcome you. Amen. I see some, uh, some uh, new friends and some, some old friends. It's good to, to be. Sometimes, you know, uh, it, it's, sometimes we tend to, like, lose our footing sometimes. And it's always good to come back to the house of God. There's, there's, there's a, a, a joy and a peace that, you know, especially when you get involved in the worship and, and you start singing and, and, and God just starts to lift things from you. Amen. And if you're watching us on live stream this morning, welcome as well on behalf of our senior pastor, Ruben Reyna, we welcome you. And so this morning I have the, the honor of uh, ministering. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5. I want to start it off with a little, a little humor. You know, one of the things is, is Pastor knows is when I get nervous, he says, throw a little sugar in there, Anthony. <laughs> so work off the bugs. So there was this little boy. They're sitting at the, at the dinner table. He says, Mama, are bugs good to eat? He asked the little boy. She said, Son, let's not talk about such things at the dinner table, son. And after dinner, the mother inquired, Okay, baby, what did you want to ask me? He says, oh, nothing. There was a bug in your suit, but it, now it's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you know, this morning I want to minister. The title of this message is Church Wellness. Pastor Ruben, uh, on his last several messages, was ministering on the church in the, in the book of Revelations, the seven churches. And when you study the churches in the Revelations in, in, in that all seven of them, when you read the, the book, it references five of them had heart issues. We know that the church that was lukewarm, the church that was doing well, everything that was prophesied in that, in that word was is that there was things that you were doing and that, that there, there were things that you were not doing. And so I think as a church, as a body of Christ in these end times, and we say that often, we don't just throw that out there, you know, just to throw it out there because, I mean, I've been hearing Jesus is coming since the 80s. But when you hear us speaking of that in modern day, what we're basically telling you is, is that the scriptures show and prophecy shows that Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon, and the, the signs and the symptoms are there. The book uh, in the Gospels, it speaks about the birth pains. And now we know that when uh, our, our wives and our, our, our mothers, when they went into birth, it all started with pains. The women know that when this child's coming. 
And the scripture describes it as that these are the beginning of what's to take place. But I think that in order for us to further in to where God is taking us, I believe that it's essential that we be balanced. That we have a balance in our life. That we can't be so geared towards one area and neglect another. Bible teaches that the Christian life is one of constant growth. How many know that God has called us to continually grow? Regardless of how long you've been saved, you may have been serving the Lord for five years, five months, five days. But the objective of the gospel is for you to apply it to your life and that we continue to grow. I mean, I, I, I love the fact that as I've been now with the Lord probably going on 15 years, and God still speaks to me. It's when I don't feel his presence that I start to say, Lord, what's taking place? What is happening, God? Why is it? And the other night, on Wednesday night, I was woken about three in the morning. And I heard the voice in my dream, and it said, walk in the light. And I went back to sleep. And then about an hour later, I got up. But right before I got up, that moment right before I was going to sit up and open my eyes, I heard, walk in the light. And in my hallway, I have sensor lighting. So right when I stepped out, I forgot that I turned it on, or changed the battery, in fact. And so I walked in, and right when I took that first step, the light came on. And it reminded me again. So I remember asking the Lord, what is it, Lord, that I need to do to correct the things in my life? Because as Pastor Sandoval was saying, is, is that when we come with a message, God is dealing with us first. God is showing us something first. God is ministering to us first because there's things in my life that I need to get straight with him before I can preach it over this pulpit. And I don't take this pulpit very lightly because when you read the scriptures, I'm accountable for what I say. And it's very important that when we have that understanding that we're able to value the word of God and say, you know what, there is a responsibility behind this. And I take it very seriously. The book of First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. And it reads this. It says, now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this day. Lord, I thank you for, the, for this privilege, Lord, of ministering your word. Lord, I pray that hearts today, Lord God, are receptive Father God, your word is anointed. Your word is anointed, Father. I pray that you anoint me to deliver that word, how you would have me to say, Father. Lord, I pray, God, that you receive the glory, the honor, and all the praise, Lord, in your precious name, we give you praise. Amen. You know, today, we'll look at the scriptures to better understand what it takes to develop 
a healthy, spiritually balanced Christian walk. You know, I was, I was trying to figure out how it is, and this one minister has said this, is that one of the biggest lies that the enemy tries to spew out is that he's not real. That he's not as evil and as dark as the word portrays him or as how ministers have spread how he is, who he is. And so you look at society and you look at some of the things that are out there right now, there's a, you know, you look at the, as simple as the Carl's Jr. commercial. They came out with a new hamburger called El Diablo. It had a few peppers on it and this and that. And it's fun. And what was the price? $6.66. Cartoons come out. You have a new show come out. The other, last week, I wanted to take my wife to the show, but when I looked at the list of all the movies that are out there, there was, there was like five of them that were demonic. Exorcists, all these things. And see, if we're not alert, if we're not vigilant of what is taking place, we just tend to think of it as it's not that serious. This month, October, death, fear, is celebrated. I mean, you can't go anywhere without seeing Los Dias de, de la Muerte. It's celebrated. Disneyland now has a whole thing going on. And I don't know about you, but I like to celebrate life. I like to be among the living. I, I serve a living God. So I, I, I say, you know what, I, I, I try to filter all those things out. But as you grow in the Lord, as you start to see, these are things that God starts to make you aware of. And that you start to see it, and I think it's important that we as believers, that we, we, we start to stand against these things. You know, they, they, it's, it, it's so, it's so mind-boggling how the enemy has blinded people to the point where they accept things. And we begin to accept things, what happens is that we just begin to allow it. And then we begin to make, uh, we begin to make changes in our life that adjust to how the enemy is putting things out there. So I think it's important how to be a balanced Christian, to have that mind, body, and soul in sync, I think it's crucial that we take the scriptures to heart. In the first thing, in verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. See, the word holy nowadays is, is taken out of context. Because when people say that I live a holy life, what, it, what they're hearing is, is that you think you're better than me. That you think that your life is so uh, in sync with, with righteousness that, you know, what happens is that when you start to live the word of God it starts to expose darkness in other people. That's why when you go into the, the workplace, that's why when you go into the, the backyard parties, when you go there, they look at you and they'll say, oh, here, here they come. Here they come. Oh, look at, look at, they already got tracks in their hand. Ain't been here 10 minutes already and all they want to do is talk about Jesus. 
many times you don't even have to say nothing. It's the presence of God in your life that brings conviction to people. So we're being set apart. The most effective way is to kill the flesh is to starve it. Meaning what? Is that you don't feed it. You don't feed the flesh because the flesh is our enemy. The flesh has, wants nothing to do with God. You and I know that sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it's a, it's a challenge. Sometimes it's just man getting up and just, you know, doing what is right. Because we know doing wrong is very easy. We did it for so long so well. Amen. And if you didn't do it right, amen, that's on you. But I didn't, nobody had to teach me how to do wrong. It was in my nature. It's in our nature. I don't care how cute and whatever. They're that little. They know already. They could have it in their hand and you could say, do you know where it's at? No. They'll lie through their teeth because it's in our nature. It's in our nature to, the flesh is constantly at war with the spirit. Constantly, doesn't want to pray, doesn't want to read, doesn't want to go to church, doesn't want to do what's right. It always wants to do what is wrong because that is our struggle. Being set apart from the world doesn't mean that we can't have fun. See, that's one of the misunderstandings that people often have is that, oh, the Christians live a boring life. I don't know about you, but the world ain't got nothing on our music. Does it? Does it? The world ain't got nothing on our gatherings. When we come together, man, we, we just love to have a good time and laugh and talk and cap on each other. We, 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 we can do it, right? I mean, in my family, if you can't take a cap, you don't show up because they will tear you up. Oh, we love it when our nieces would bring their new boyfriends. Oh, it was so good. And they would beg us, please, Uncle Anthony, Uncle David, don't, don't be mean to them, please. No, 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 you know the rules. You know the rules. We got to break them in. And there's some of them that left, amen? And I remember telling my niece one day, man, you know what? Tell him he could stay. You got to go. See, the flesh is always waging war against the spirit. This is an ongoing thing. See, you have light and you have darkness, then you have the gray area. See, the gray area is where the lukewarm Christian wants to hibernate. The lukewarm Christian does a, wants so much of God, but they crave more of the world. This is the gray area. And this is where the flesh loves to, love to camp out, loves to sit and kick back. And when the Holy Spirit starts to minister to them into areas of our life that we need to correct, this is when the flesh rises up and says, you don't have to be that radical. You don't have to be that crazy for things. It's okay that you do this. It's okay that you do that. You ever... Try to talk yourself out of a blessing. When God tells you, do this, and you're like, nah, no, but if I do this, and that's going to take place. Or you know what? Go pick up that individual. You haven't seen them for a while. Go give them, pick them up. You're like, nah, I want to pick them up. They got three kids, man, and they put their hands all over my window. 
Or, you know, it is so, you know, but those are times when, you know, we talk ourselves out of a blessing. We talk ourselves out of doing something that is right that God is trying to get us to understand. See, this gray area is an area that the flesh loves to dwell in. See, no wonder Jesus would tell us to carry our cross daily and follow him because the cross was an instrument of death. It's the place where we kill the flesh and Christ tells us to carry it daily means that we have to make a choice to kill it every day. Every day is the choice that we have to make. Lord, today I carry my cross. We can't say, you know what, uh, I'm gonna leave the cross on the side of the wall leaning up against my Bible and I'll pick it up on Thursday and Sunday. It doesn't work that way. See, when you give God a piece of you, you're not gonna grow. See, God wants all of us. He wants your whole heart. You see, that's the area where the flesh is constantly at war with because we don't want the full commitment. Our flesh does not want it. You have to seek after it. You have to fight for it. You have to get up daily and say, you know what, today, God, I will serve you with all of my heart. Because we will have those moments where it's not pleasant. You ever have those moments, man, where you know what, everything from the, from the get-go, you wake up and, boom, you know what, I remember one day waking up and stepping on one of my wife's earrings. Boom, went right through my foot. And then I took it out, jumped in the shower, came out of the shower and slipped. And then I get ready, I am ready to go start my car, and it wouldn't start. And then I got it to start, and I'm backing up and I had a flat tire. And I remember I got out of the car, and I just stood there, and I, and I, know, my, I know my neighbor across the street looked at me and said, like, oh, he's losing it now, man. <laughs> he's losing it now. Because I, I remember I stood there, and I just looked at the tire, and I just, praise God. <laughs> praise God. That's all I can say, praise God. I remember calling up AAA, AAA came out, and you know what I just said? You know what, there, you're going to have those days. But it's in those days where you just say, you know what, God, I give you the glory. God, no matter what the enemy's throwing at me, God, I'm going to continue to look to you and praise you and give you glory, man, and, and just continue just to be. And, and you know, sometimes you got to put that smile on when you don't feel like it and it doesn't feel real. And you know, people can tell when you're a little off. Not mentally, but a little off. <laughs> Where you, you, there's just something about you that, you know, it, it, you're not your usual self. It's those moments where you just say, you know what, God? Steal me. Settle my spirit. Let me just glorify you. Get me through this day. I ain't worried about tomorrow. Get me through this day. We have those days. Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 8, verse 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Says what? 
that when we are after the things of God, we're gonna benefit from it. We're gonna benefit it. And after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. See, we cannot get sucked in to the things of this world. So easily get sucked into things. It could be a, a, a fight within the family. It could be a fight among coworkers. It could be a, a, a fight within the church. Side up. Whose team are you on? And see, the thing is, is that when we have those moments, that's where we rise up above and say, I'm not going to let the enemy put a wedge between us. Family, coworkers, or church family. And just be mindful of what the strategy of the enemy is, is just to kill, steal, and destroy. It's because when he has his agenda, we have to be aware and be two steps ahead of him. This devil, I know what you're trying to do. I know what you're trying to instill here. But I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going to get sucked into those things. So when we start to do that, we start to rise up above it. And that's where growth starts to take place. Because we can do easily, easily, zero to 30, get hood. Right? That that old flesh, see, that flesh is just always looking for a reason to rise up. Rise up. See, if we're still walking in the old ways, it's a whole lot harder to walk forward in the things of God. Because that will always set us back. That'll always drag. That'll always weigh on us. So we need to put those things aside. Look, you're no longer cycle from the neighborhood. Cyclona, Scary Mary, whatever they called you. That's the old you. See, you, those, see, the thing is, is when we try to bring that person into our Christian walk, it doesn't mesh. It doesn't balance out. See, you are a new creation, a peculiar people. We need to walk in that. A royal priesthood. What does that mean? That we hold to a higher standard. We are children of the Most High God. Like my mom, my aunt used to tell us that when we were kids, anytime we were going to go somewhere, she knew us, we're traviesos. You know, we were those kids that like always stole something from you. You know, (laughs) like where did this come from? I don't know. (laughs) And so we were, so she said, she would tell us, look, wherever we were going, behave and act like you've been there before. Pasiwate. Act right. You represent this family. It wasn't until I got a little older that I understand. Now I find myself telling that to my grandchildren. I told that to my grandson the other day at the restaurant a while back. I said, act like you've been here before. He goes, well, Papa, I've never been here before. (laughs) I'll explain it to you. (laughs) So we represent God. Deuteronomy 14.2 says this, you have been set apart as holy to the Lord your God, and he has chosen you from all the nations of the earth to be his special treasure. See, sometimes we don't look at that for his entirety, but we are jewels of God. We're his jewels. We represent him. We represent the kingdom of God. And when we go so, what are we, we, what are we saying that when we go out in public, 
and we walk in the flesh, or we walk in, in the things of darkness, in that gray area that I spoke about. So the second thing that we must do is that to bring a balance is to renew our minds. Say it with me, renew our minds. We must conform our minds to that of Christ. In Romans chapter 12, verse two, turn with me there. Romans chapter 12, verse two. It says this. It says, do not, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, when you and I choose to get closer to the light, the light starts to shine on our imperfections. Imperfections is a nice word for sins. You ever notice how society tries to change the verbiage on things, on how things are said and how things are? And so we come up short, the Bible says. We lack. See, this is the area where we say, you know what, God? I want to be in sync with you. I want to keep my mind on you. How do we do so? By getting into his word getting into fellowship, getting into prayer. It's all the basic things. See, when you look at the, if anyone was to develop a type of a formula on what it is needed, it's all the basic things. It's, yeah, it's okay to go on to, to desire, you know, knowledge and all those things. Those are all fine. But it's the basics that is going to keep you grounded. It is the basic things that, of, of God that is going to keep you focused on the things of God. Walking in the light. The basic things, prayer. Something as simple as getting down in a place of quietness and saying, you know, God, I want to commune with you. Because sometimes it's a battle. I mean, the other evening I was praying and I just felt like I, nothing's, it, it's not making sense Man, I, I'm just thinking about everything that needs to be done. And, and I, I, wasn't there. I, I battled like that for like 30, 40 minutes. But the last part of that was as I felt like I broke through. See, sometimes we don't stay long enough to get to the breakthrough. Sometimes, man, you know what? I've been doing this for 15 minutes and I feel like I'm just repeating myself and repeating myself. And we got all these things going and we don't stay still long enough to break through, press through, fight through it, fight through it and just keep just uh, rebuking the devil, getting him out of your mind, getting uh, your thoughts on the things of God. It's when you do those things that God is going to let you break through. He says, when you seek me with all your heart, what? I will let you find me. And see, that's the part is seeking. We don't stay long enough to seek after God. We don't stay long enough to press in. We don't stay long enough to hear from God. And we, what do we do? We just get up and say, okay, I put in my half hour. I did this, I did that. But we, never, we walk away feeling like we never really accomplished anything. And I get it. Sometimes you just can't go off of your feelings. 
You can't. But there are times where you feel like, God, I'm not getting up until I hear from you. God, I'm not going to stop until I hear your voice, when I hear what you need to tell me. It's in those moments. It's in those moments where you start to feel like, okay, God, I'm getting this. God, I'm growing. God, I'm learning this. God will pinpoint an area in your life that he's targeting. For the longest time, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness was just harboring in my heart. Yeah, I could say I could forgive you. I, you know what? You know what? I forgot about it, but it was still there. It wasn't until I said, you know what, Lord? Take this out of me. Take this out of me. You know how you have unforgiveness? You still have it? If when that person walks into the room, it changes your mood. It changes your mood. See, sometimes they don't even know that they bother you. But it's here. Until you say, you know what, God, take this out. I don't want to be that way towards my brother. I don't want to be that way towards my friends or my family member. I don't want that. This is when you give it to God. See, sometimes we just cut the surface off. Forgive me. You ask for forgiveness so you could take communion. But it's still there. And see, I did this for a few years until somebody called it out on me. And it was a, it was a pastor that I didn't even know. I didn't even know him. Met him there the first day. Nothing brought up about anybody, anything. And he just looked at me and he asked me a question. And I knew it right there that that was God zeroing in on my issue, my imperfection. But it was sin. So the closer we get to the light, it starts to shine. There are several signs that you are growing towards being kingdom-minded. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, put to death, therefore whatever belongs to earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is adultery. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices. See, Paul here is addressing, he says, you used to walk in these ways. See, you used to be that person. But since you are a new creation in Christ, these things will always try to resurface. And it's always important that we as believers suppress them and push them down. And when you start to recognize it, that we say, you know what, God, help me with this. Help me. See, we're living in a generation that, man, everything, everything is about fix me. Fix me. They have books on this, on this, on this, and this. And it's as simple as going to the altar and saying, you know what, God, fix me, Lord. 
God, touch my heart. God, transform my mind. God, do this work in my life. God, I need you. I need you. The closer I get to God, the more I realize that I need God more than ever. I need God because without God, I am miserable. I could play it off, man. I could smile with the best of you. But it is without God that I am, man, I, I have no direction. Because, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, a state of mind right now where I just say, you know what, God, I just want to do your will. What time I have left on this earth, God, I want to do your will. Because for so many years, I just wandered. 21 years, I wandered without God. Having known God for several years, walking with God, and, man, just trying to do my best, and I walk away. So I know what it's like to be away from God. That's why, man, my, my heart goes out to those that are prodigal. Because you know the truth, and you walk away. And sometimes we get to a place where we figure, I can't come back. No, God is waiting for you. God is so, so, man, just trying to embrace you. So just trying to reach out to you. Man, I, I, I've had the opportunity to minister to men and women who have walked away from God only to bring them back to the Lord and then shortly afterwards they were taken home because God is merciful see you could walk run go as far as you want as wide as you can and God will meet you there you cannot run from God you cannot run from God God will meet you wherever you are. You can run, 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 run. God will always be there. So put to death. This is a time where we need to change the garments that we are wearing. The heaviness of sin. These garments weigh a person down. They will weigh you down. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Clothe yourself. It was David who declared in Psalms 30, he says, You have turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. See, that's where we just come to the altar. We say, you know what, God, I remove this garment of heaviness, this garment of sin, this garment of depression. I remove this, God. I place it, and he will clothe you with the garment of joy, the garment of salvation where God will touch you where you are and deliver you from that and take that anxiety, take that depression, and just, just cast it out. And then the peace, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, who here can testify that that peace is joyous? That that peace is so, man, that you know what, that you cannot explain it. Sometimes it just, man, that you don't understand what it is that, how is it, God? How is this possible, God? And it's a settling inside of your spirit where people expect you to be falling apart and losing it and doing the ugly cry and everything that goes with it. But you say, you know what, God, you have kept me together. You have kept me. And see, when people see this, they desire that. I want that. How is it? I love to hear when church members share how 
a coworker came to them for prayer. A coworker came to you and said, this is what's going on in my life. How is it that you manage yours? How is it? And that's a door that's open where you could say, you know what, this is what happened in my life. Several years back, I gave my life to Jesus. Several years back, I was in a state of mind where, you know what, I didn't know which direction to go. Yes, I had a job. Yes, I was functioning. Yes, I was doing all these things that I needed to do. But inside of myself, inside of my heart, I was miserable. There was times where I didn't feel like I, you know, I belong as large as my family could be. I, I, I still feel like I'm that outsider. I, feel, I don't feel like I'm welcome. I don't feel these things. And those are all valid feelings. We deal with this all the time with people on the streets, in the workplace. But see, when you have the opportunity to share to them what it took place in your life, that is the opportunity that God is gonna open a door for you to share his love. How many here are here because somebody witnessed to you? Somebody shared the love of Jesus with you? How many here are here because somebody prayed for you? A loved one, a family member. See, these are the times where we say, you know what, God, I wanna live a balanced life. I don't wanna be to the extreme where this, but I'm lacking in this area. My mind, my body, and my soul in balance. The last thing is your body and soul. Verse 23, it says, and may, and may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus. So what is it that we must do? We must set ourselves apart. Renew our minds and take care of our body and soul. In 2 Corinthians 4.16, it says, therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. We're deteriorating every day. You'll feel it. I mean, I love you young guys when I see you guys running around, jumping off stages and that. God bless you, man. God bless you. Man, there was days where I would fall off, jump off a roof, and now, man, I trip on a crack, and I'm all like... But the inner man every day has to develop. Starve the flesh, feed the spirit, and see yourself grow in the things of God. Let's stand up this morning. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed this evening or this afternoon. Balance, balance, being balanced. I want to first to those who may be here this afternoon and you're invited or you, you're here, you don't know the Lord. You know about him, what people have told you about him, but you have yet to surrender your heart, your relationship with Jesus, not your spouse, 
not your, your parents, but you. We all have to answer for what we did with Jesus' name. Maybe you're here this morning and you just say, Anthony, I don't know the Lord. I don't know him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not born again. I, I don't know what it is that all that you spoke about, but I, don't, I know I don't have it. If that's you here this afternoon, I want you to make your way forward.